Hello podcasters, how are you all doing? My name is Russell Robertson, and welcome to episode two of Point of Conversation. Uh, we will get on into a minute into what that entails. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for all showing up. Uh, this is part two of day one of Pro Week. Uh, go head over to the YouTubes if you don't know what that is yet. Um, it's a really cool thing that I'm doing for this week. I'm going to be trying to uh, be basically uh, a professional content creator on three different platforms, YouTube, uh, podcasting. So I don't know if you count that as one platform, multiple platforms of podcasting, uh, and then also Twitch. So, um, make sure you head over to YouTube for all the details after listening to this. Uh, but anyway, let's get right into it. So, uh, point of conversation, uh, is what I'm affectionately calling the podcast, at least for this week, uh, cause I want to do sort of a shorter podcast instead of coming in with maybe three different points. I'm just going to come in with one a smaller point I don't know if smaller like same size point as before Uh, so maybe hopefully it'll be about half an hour uh, or less I don't know I guess we'll see Um, but yeah uh, let's just head straight into it so uh, our topic for today is actually gonna be uh, PCs so uh, currently I am running a RX 580 and Ryzen 7 1700x powered PC and uh, I actually really, really like it. It's extremely fun to use. Uh, it hasn't caused me any issues throughout my... I mean, I'm coming up on probably a year to a year and a half using it now. Uh, and I've really, really loved it. Uh, there's nothing bad I could truly say about it. Uh, I have changed case actually quite a few times. I've upgraded RAM and I've changed my CPU cooler. I'm running a, a Noctua cooler right now. It's it's a brown but, I mean, it, it's basically one of the best value and performance, for that matter, um, CPU air coolers on the market. So, uh, I've been looking at PC rumors recently, actually. And uh, one thing I see coming up a lot is sort of Intel versus AMD's CPU competition. And how it looks like perhaps AMD could be pushing even farther ahead uh, in the whole CPU race. Because, at least from my perspective, I find the GPU market a lot less interesting. Because the way I see it, uh, I still see AMD as multiple years behind um, NVIDIA in terms of really competing uh, at every price point. Because, I mean, AMD is decent in the GPU market, at least in like the lower to mid-end. But once you get into the upper mid-range... Uh, and beyond, there's really no competition because the only high-end GPU that AMD really has is the Radeon 7, and honestly, it's just, it's really bad value, and it gets demolished by basically everything above a 2070 uh, from NVIDIA. I don't know, maybe the 2070 Super is a bit slower, but for the value that that gives versus the Radeon 7, you might as well go for the 2070 Super anyway. So I guess we'll talk about CPUs first. And then we'll sort of get on to GPU rumors later, because those are interesting, um, but it's less of a hard decision if you want higher performance in that sort of sector, s- sector, uh, <laughs> section of the market. So, um, yeah, CPUs. So, AMD last year on 7.7, uh, to commemorate them releasing their first 7 nanometer CPUs, uh, they released the Ryzen 3000 series which really just sort of claimed basically a lot of market share, at least on the desktop DIY side, from Intel, who really had been dominant for, I would say, probably 
maybe five plus years. It, it had been a really, really long time since AMD could say that they were the the leader in CPU technology uh, on the planet. I mean, of course, Intel is still uh, dominant in the laptop sector. Uh, that section, gosh, I nearly said it again. <laughs> that sector of the market is still uh, incredibly uh, in Intel's uh, court. But when it comes to desktop, hopefully some of the technology that AMD is sort of developing to, to combat Intel uh, will sort of move over to the laptops eventually. And that's sort of what we're seeing now. So, uh, for example, uh, I believe recently, like in the last month, both AMD and Intel have released stuff on the laptop side. Um, AMD, their laptops are kind of interesting because... Uh, they released Ryzen 4000 Mobile, which is basically equivalent to the same CPU architecture as Ryzen 3000 Desktop. So basically what happens is they they basically offset their laptop architectures by a year. So when 7 nanometer second gen for AMD comes out this year uh, on desktop, it's their 7 nanometer first gen that's out on laptop. And so the architecture that they're coming out with on desktop this year uh, is going to be the architecture used in laptops next year. I hope that made sense. It made sense in my mind. Uh, if it didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, go and listen to someone else who is more uh, prepared than me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, and to combat this, Intel has been... Uh, it's almost a, a running... Or a recurring joke now that Intel they've been on 14 nanometer uh, which is like the size uh, of like certain parts of the processor uh, I don't know the exact specifics but AMD recently switched to 7 nanometer last year but uh, Intel is still on 14 uh, and they're trying to and they've been trying to move it down to 10 uh, Intel makes their stuff in-house so they're 10 nanometer is basically equivalent to AMD's 7. So they've been trying to move down to 10 nanometer from 14, and the only real thing they've been able to do is move to 10 nanometer for very low power uh, products that aren't really going to, to test AMD in terms of straight up performance. Um, so they've been stuck on like 14 nanometer plus, 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 etc. Um, for probably i believe since about 2015 or 2016 uh they've just been making iterations on the same architecture and it's actually really impressive even though they are admittedly falling behind and they're really losing a lot of market share in all sectors um but it is very impressive to see how intel even from somebody who uses an amd machine how they have been able to uh to sort of lower uh or not lower, but increase the amount of clocks or the clock speed of their processors and sort of uh, still make themselves even an option perhaps uh, in the market, at least for gaming, because definitely on desktop, sort of shifting away from laptops for a second, moving on to desktop, uh, even though AMD is like an all-around better choice, uh, it's still uh, quite logical if you told someone I'm getting an Intel CPU because I want the best performance in gaming, uh, which is a totally valid point because Intel's processors, you can uh, you can overclock them, 
to probably 5 gigahertz on all cores, whereas Ryzen processors, while admittedly having more cores overall uh, across the product stack, uh, they do come with lower clock speeds on 7 nanometer. Uh, so AMD's IPC, or instructions per clock, uh, they're a lot higher than Intel's. However, Intel's major clock speed advantage does help them uh, in terms of being able to to compete with AMD. Uh, and it's that sort of clock speed as well, which has allowed them to still stay ahead in terms of their single-threaded performance, which is essential for their gaming. Uh, for gaming, sorry, not for their gaming. I don't think they own any any games. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the way I, I see it looking forward, I am really looking for AMD to, with their new 7 nanometer uh, second gen architecture on desktop, I really want them to, because they have actually said, which is interesting, that they will, that this second generation 7 nanometer is a completely new architecture because uh, as I mentioned before with Intel, uh, their current architecture is just an iteration on an architecture that came out four or five years ago. Uh, but it is interesting to see that while they are staying on the same uh, platform in terms of die size, uh, AMD is reworking or revamping their architecture even um, to push as many clocks, push higher clock speeds, not as many clocks. Well, I guess as many clocks. Um, yeah, so... It'll be interesting to see, because AMD already leads Intel in productivity uh, across the stack, so and in value, because their prices are lower as well, uh, for more cores. So, uh, for example, a Ryzen 5 3600 has uh, 6 cores and 12 threads, whereas an equivalent uh, Intel part is like a 6-core, six 6-thread, six maybe a 4-core, 8-thread, I don't know. Uh, i5 part i believe it's six cores six threads uh so while the intel part can boost higher and maybe provide better uh value uh if you're just gaming or better performance if you're just gaming the ryzen product does give you more value and more flexibility right now uh in terms of like you can stream you can game with all those extra cores and threads uh that you can't do on the intel machines or at least it's a lot harder because uh, purely because of the smaller amount of resources, uh, the Intel stuff just can't uh, do all the as much multitasking. They can still do it, but uh, maybe it won't uh, be as useful in the long term. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because that Intel part as well, uh, it's probably more expensive than the AMD part, which is it's disappointing because. I, I want a choice as a consumer uh, if I'm looking at uh, these different parts uh, for my next build. Um, and I don't feel like right now I really do have a choice because, I mean, I do like Ryzen, but I would love to see Team Blue, Intel, uh, try and challenge them because, I mean, more competition leads to a better market. And I'm scared that if Intel continues on this path and starts to to die off similar to how AMD have or did before they had this resurgence under their current CEO, um, we could be seeing complacency again. Uh, we could see a role reversal where uh, AMD uh, become complacent like Intel were back when AMD were basically a dumpster fire. Um, 
and hopefully we don't see that because we want AMD to continue to put out their best processors to not slack off, uh, to keep uh, making their nodes smaller uh, generation on generation. And we want to see Intel also begin to compete because, I mean, if they fall off, then maybe AMD uh, puts the brakes on. And as consumers, we lose no matter whether we are Intel or AMD. Now, sort of moving on to, I guess this is PCs as well, uh, but maybe to a lesser degree, or maybe highly altered PCs. Uh, we'll talk about consoles quickly. Uh, how long has this been going on for, actually? Oh, we're on 12 minutes already. Dang. <laughs> Time flies, guys, really. Um, yeah, moving on to consoles. So, obviously, PS5 and Xbox Series X are the two consoles that are coming out uh, in probably fall of this year. Um, we're hearing around Thanksgiving sort of time uh, for those two consoles. And uh, we've been looking on paper... Uh, the sort of tech community and on paper at least it does look like uh, the Xbox Series X will be the more powerful console uh, versus the PS5 uh, purely because it just has uh, I mean it has slightly lower clock speeds it's almost like uh, AMD versus Intel again maybe to a lesser degree because of uh, the more competitive nature of the console market right now but and also the exclusives that you get on consoles versus there are no exclusives on PC because it's only one quote-unquote console or platform. Um, ooh, that was a good knuckle crack. <laughs> I'm getting really off topic, guys. I, sh I should really stop. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the Xbox Series X does seem to be more powerful because it has, uh, even though it's lower clocked, uh, than the PS5, which is just running at like absurd clock speeds, at least on the GPU. It's running over 2 gigahertz on a GPU, which we haven't really seen before stock. And it's not just running at 2, it's running like a decent ways above, like 2.1 or 2.2 gigahertz, which is really impressive. But the amount of compute units within that GPU is a lot lower than the uh, than the competing Xbox parts. So even though the high clock speeds, uh, similar to Intel, going back to this again, the high clock speeds of the PS5 uh, kind of balance out with the, the lower amount of cores or compute units uh, in the GPU, whereas the Xbox, like AMD, it seems like they're going for more compute units, but they're willing to sacrifice uh, the clocks in order to do so. Um, and so, according to Microsoft, the Xbox should be able to run at 12 teraflops, which is extremely powerful, uh, and it's going to be definitely a very, very uh, big step up from this generation, because also, both of these consoles are using parts from AMD, uh, custom parts, but they are what appear to be, or for the Xbox, it seems a lot more like a PC in the way that they are going to be using the same architecture as we've seen in uh or as we're gonna see in amd's next generation gpus and their next generation cpus whereas the ps5 from what we can gather so far it almost seems as if they're using a hybrid almost like because the gpu architecture that amd are on right now is rdna and from what it seems like uh xbox is using or they've confirmed that they're using rdna 2 Whereas it seems like PS5 
is going to be using um, RDNA, sort of like a 1.5, sort of a middle road in between because it's more powerful than the first gen, but they haven't explicitly stated that it's like, that it's second gen like the Xbox. And I feel like it's a bit concerning how little Sony has really shown uh, of the PS5. Like they've talked about SSDs and all that stuff. Uh, speaking of, the PS5 does actually have a faster SSD than the Xbox, but I doubt it'll do that much, actually, in-game. Um, but we've really only seen a couple of things from the PS5. We have no clue what it's gonna look like, uh, which isn't that reassuring. I'm gonna be honest, that's not very reassuring. Um, yeah, so, we, we just found out what the controller looks like. I, I don't know how I feel about it, uh... As I have an Xbox, so obviously I'm not a huge fan of the, the PS4 controller, but I, I like the the offset uh, joysticks a bit more than the uh, than the way that the PS5 and I guess all the DualShock controllers have done it. Uh, and then also it's like uh, when I think about it, uh, the resistance I feel like on Xbox controllers is also better. It's the weird things, guys, but just just deal with it. <laughs> uh, Xbox person, you can hate on me, I don't care, um, yeah, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see, it'll definitely, definitely be interesting to see, because, um, obviously we know PlayStation basically won this generation of consoles purely on the first, uh, from the first wave of consoles, the PS4 versus the original Xbox, um, and that was purely because better exclusives, I mean, Microsoft's exclusives, while being the more powerful console um, after the first generation, because the first generation, it, they were more expensive, they had worse exclusives, and they and they were less powerful. After that, they did become a lot more powerful, uh, vastly, or I don't know about vastly, but, but notably outperforming uh, the PlayStation equivalents. But by that point, I think the exclusives which you got on PS4 were much, much more uh, enticing than the power that you got on Xbox. Because, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what games, like, I don't know, this probably isn't the best example, but, like, The Show and, oh, I guess, yeah, God of War as well. Uh, God of War, uh, what was that game that just came out, or that came out at the end of last year? Death Stranding. All those are PS4 exclusives right now. Uh they probably don't come to PC for, I don't know, maybe another couple months, maybe? Death Stranding? In Death Stranding's case, uh, God of War I don't think has ever made it to PC. I'd have to check. I might just be dumb. But, um, yeah, so I feel like if Xbox wants to win these console wars, they have to get good exclusives. And at least in the trailers that they seem to have shown at, like, the Game Awards and places like that, it does seem like they're pushing... Um, for for good exclusives or i don't know about exclusives but a good wide range of titles that hopefully should compete with what uh sony has to offer with playstation 5 uh now about some of the rumors i've heard this rumor was like from months back but i did hear that like uh gta 6 uh if that comes out anytime soon that might be a ps4 or a ps5 sorry exclusive uh which could be very concerning for xbox because i mean gta 5 i believe behind maybe minecraft that's the only one i can think of it might be the mo the highest grossing game of all time 
I believe it's definitely in the top five from what I believe. Um, and so, I mean, if Rockstar, for some reason, decide to make a GTA 6, because, I mean, GTA 5, they can still just keep adding stuff to it and people still keep paying them money. So, I mean, they have, they're in no rush to, but if they were to come out with a GTA 6, it could be really, really interesting uh, to see, do they just go with PlayStation? Because we're pretty sure that uh, when they do come out with GTA 6, or, or if they do, uh, it will start on consoles, because that's how all their games start off with. Red Dead Redemption took them a year, uh, GTA 5 took them a year to like transfer it from the consoles uh be that like the xbox 360 slash xbox one uh to pc um which i don't i don't really understand uh why rockstar does it that way i assume it's because there's probably more people on consoles so they build it for uh them first but i mean i feel like they sh they should probably have some sort of program that can just automatically take their code or they create it within that program, and then it switches the code to work for all consoles and PCs and whatever mobile. <laughs> if if you're if that's your your vibe, uh, no judging here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then also um, another thing that I heard, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, hopefully, hopefully there's no other issues with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven because. That would be very disappointing. It's it's already been delayed until like October or September, sometime around there. Uh, we we just want to play with Keanu Reeves, guys. Let us do it. <laughs> Sorry, uh, if that hurt your ears at all. Hopefully it didn't. <laughs> so um, yeah, that that's my sort of views on consoles, guys. Um, and then finally, I think we'll talk about uh, graphics cards just to end off today. Uh, we've been going for oh, going for almost. 23 minutes now um yeah we'll talk about consoles now guys so um or not consoles what am i talking about i i'm really disorganized i feel like i should i should write notes and stuff guys but hey i like doing it like this um G gpus so we really have two main competitors we're gonna forget about intel because uh their discrete graphic cards are a, a decent ways off um so we have AMD, Radeon, and NVIDIA GeForce. So, as it has been for probably, I mean, probably 10 years now, uh, NVIDIA has just crushed AMD, uh, at least in the high end, for a very long time. Uh, the 2080 Ti, or I mean anything basically above a, 20, a 2080, uh, completely mops the floor with anything AMD has. Um, RX 5700 XT is basically as good uh, as AMD can get right now, or as good as they have gotten, or, or produced, sorry, um, which is a concerning thing because uh, we don't want uh, NVIDIA to become, um, to, be, to become too relaxed uh, like Intel has in the past, although they seem to, to exude a more calm uh approach where they know where they're doing which is reassuring uh from my perspective that i know that hopefully um nvidia continues to make good quality uh products for years to come even without competition which they seem to have done especially with platforms like um pascal 
which was the generation before this, before the current gen, and then Turing, the current generation, uh, even without competition in the high end, they do keep on pushing the limits up there at the 2080 Ti, uh, as well as uh, so Turing wasn't very good at the beginning, in my opinion, but they have done a really good job of over the course of nearing on two years now, which is a pretty decent amount of time uh, for a graphics family to live. They've they've really expanded the family from the core RTX series from the where it started with the 2070, 2080, and 2080 Ti. They've really done a good job expanding down, uh, at least towards the 2060, and then 1660 Ti, 1660, uh, and 1650. And then also, of course, the, the refreshes that they did uh, towards sort of like the the middle to end of last year, uh, going into the beginning of this year, just to, to combat uh, AMD's releases of the 5700 XT, 5600 XT, and 5500 XT, and then also their normal variants, um, by, of course, releasing the, their super variants of all their graphics cards. Uh, so, like, the 1650 Super, 1660 Super, uh, 2060 Super, 2070 Super, 2080 Super. Um, gosh, the, I mean, they might need to work on their, uh, their, their naming schemes, but I, I, I won't be the judge of that. Um, so yeah, they've done a really good job of fleshing out the Turing family, which is something that AMD has to really focus on when it comes to making their RDNA 2 lineup, which they promised. Because obviously, uh, from what I've seen uh, and from what I've heard uh, from multiple, multiple review sources over the last nearly year, the 5700 and 5700 XT, they are probably the best option um, in between the, uh, the 2060 and the 2070. They're probably the best uh, mid-range option because... I mean, you could get the 2070, but the price per, the price per frame uh, is lower on the 5700 XT. So while you might be getting three to five percent less performance on average uh, compared to the the 2070 Super, uh, you are getting a lot better value. And then compared to say the 2060 Super and the 2060, even the standard 5700 is able to outperform it or at least match it in a lot of titles. Um, the nor the uh, the fifty six the fifty seven hundred XT is definitely able to cruise past the uh, the twenty sixty super, and the fifty seven hundred can basically match it. And I mean, if you really felt like it, you could try and flash a fifty seven hundred XT BIOS onto a fifty seven hundred, and it'll basically perform the same as the more expensive version. Um, so. I feel like AMD, for their RDNA 2, they can basically just slightly push uh, push the clocks, uh, slightly improve the 5700 XT uh, and the 5700, and they're basically good uh, if they make it like their 6700 XT and their 6700, uh, as long as they basically just stay in the same segment. I mean, they could perhaps push up the, the 5700 or the 6700 XT uh, to maybe compete with... Uh, nvidia's new uh 2070 super replacement whatever that is the the 3070 or the 3070s whatever they end up calling it um yeah they just push it up to there to make sure that they have the uh parity with 
with uh, NVIDIA. I'm, I'm mixing up the big three, guys. I'm sorry. Um, see it to hopefully, so they get parity with NVIDIA. And then, of course, I believe they, they do have a pretty good lower end, I would say. They definitely need to upgrade their 5500 XT, because the 5600 XT, if paired with the right components around it, I'm pretty sure can outperform maybe a 2060 or even match a 2060 super but i don't know for sure um and then their 5500 xt definitely i think needs a push-up because uh it basically performs the same as the rx 580 in my system uh so it was less so of like a performance enhancer and more so of just a replacement for my gpu uh, which doesn't feel like the best because it, it didn't really offer any more value besides a new shroud uh, to put around the core uh, to make your PC look different, I guess. Um, so I'd say they could even make like a 6400 or 6400 XT if they really want to compete uh, with their with the 1650. I mean, I, that seemed pretty pointless to me because, I mean, I don't know of that many people that would even consider that gpu maybe just have like a 6400 xt as like your your laptop gpu as your baseline laptop gpu and then moving on to the high end you want to you think about the rumored 6800 xt you definitely want to see that thing uh at least go toe-to-toe -to -toe with their new with nvidia's new uh 2080 replacement whatever that ends up being their rtx 3080 and for that one you really really want to see uh amd flex their muscles because right now i if i'm going to build a high-end system i'm gonna go with nvidia and there's really no two ways about it um there's nvidia or you don't get high-end 4k uh high refresh rate gaming basically uh unless you want to do like uh, down or upscaled uh, resolution from like 1440p or something uh, and and then also uh, I mean it's pretty obvious what I would want from uh, my uh, GPU manufacturers um, is more performance uh, but also what I want is sort of like the features I would say that NVIDIA offers because uh, with Pascal, uh, they offered NVENC, which is like an encoder for streaming, uh, which, I mean, it was first generation, I believe, and it wasn't very good. But with Turing, they definitely um, improved on the NVENC encoder. And so it was basically able to match uh, the look of H.264 fast or even medium. Uh, it was somewhere around there, which was really impressive because uh, AMD's CPUs, the 3900X and 3950X, they were actually able to push H.264 slow even, which was really impressive. Um, obviously, it was extremely impractical, but uh, they did prove that they could do it. Uh, but this uh, Intel, or NVIDIA, sorry, I keep mixing up Intel and NVIDIA, come on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, the the uh, the NVIDIA NVENC encoder, it took basically all the strain off the CPU, so uh, you could, and it was 
uh, it took the strain off the GPU as well because it it's a completely separate chip to the GPU. It just happens to be included with the the graphics card. Um, and so what it would allow you to do, you could have a lower end CPU instead of paying for a Ryzen nine or a Ryzen seven, you could get a Ryzen five and still get that uh, Ryzen seven like and above uh, streaming quality which is really good while also not lo losing frames in the process, which I think is good, especially for those with older systems uh, who didn't want to upgrade both their CPU and their GPU. So that's going to do it for our show today, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been really, really fun. Uh, I am going to be streaming today uh, at around 7.30. We're going to be talking about Marvel. We're going to be talking about Clone Wars Season 7. Uh, while playing some Battlefront 2. So make sure you go check that out. Go follow my Twitter. Links on anchor.fm. If you're on Spotify, please make sure you go to twitter.com slash Russell on points. And anyway, guys, thank you for watching. And until next time, I'll see you later.